0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 379. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 38. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'm hoping this will be a shorter show because you may have noticed I don't have a whole lot of voice today. Psalm 38 is yet another psalm by David, and it is a petition. And it goes like this Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me, and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. So David, as we find him in this particular psalm, is not in good shape he is broken down, he is suffering, he is in pain, but all of that seems to trace back to sin. All of that he is attributing to the anger that God has against him because of his sin. Now it's interesting to note that in the Chronicles of the Kings and Kings and in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles in Samuel, we don't get that many times the example of David sinning. We certainly get David in Bathsheba, but if we look in Psalms, we see that David is often writing about sin. Now there are a couple different possible explanations for that. One is that David just feels. Real guilty, and so he is constantly dealing with that, or that at the time in his life when he felt very guilty, he rendered that into Psalms. And that seems like that is a likely explanation. Obviously, the other explanation is that he sinned many, many times throughout his life, and we just don't get it recorded in Psalms. And that's certainly going to be true to some degree, although the kind of sin with adultery and murder and all that kind of things that happens with he and Bathsheba and with Uriah is probably noteworthy. One of the reasons why I think David is a man after God's own heart is he feels sin deeply. He feels that brokenness in the relationship between he and God. And by contrast, I think of the old joke. There's a man who is Catholic who goes into his priest and he goes for confession. And he says, you know, Father, I've sinned. uh, How have you sinned? Stolen lumber. And so the father gives him a certain number of Hail Marys to do. And he absolves him of his sin. He comes back the next week, and he says he's stolen lumber. And, you know, this goes on again for a number of weeks, and the Father keeps making the number of Hail Marys he has to do greater. But at some point he says, I don't think you understand the seriousness of what you're doing. You keep coming in every week and confessing the same sin over and over again. So I think we need to do something different. He says, do you know how to make a penance? The man thinks about it for a while and says, I don't, but if you've got the plans, I've certainly got the lumber. And I think sometimes that is our approach to sin. We cheapen the grace of God by returning to the same sin over and over again, knowing that God will forgive us or counting on God to forgive us. And when we look at these words of David, we see something very different. David doesn't see a set of rules that he has broken. David sees a relationship that he has broken. He sees when he looks at God and he thinks of his sin, he thinks of God's anger. He understands that what he has done has hurt God, that what he has done has broken that relationship, and that pain is manifesting in all sorts of different ways. He's got back aches, he's sighing, he's got wounds that are festering. I mean, he David is a mess right now. But the one thing we can say for David at this point is that he's taking sin seriously, He's taking God seriously, therefore, by doing that. He's saying that his relationship with God is important such that when he breaks it, this is not a trivial thing. This is not something that he asks for forgiveness and then next week goes out and does the same thing. He's feeling this in the depth of his bones. And we can learn something from David, I think, in that way. David goes on, My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Those who want to kill me set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my feet slip. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cause. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil lodge accusations against me, though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. And I think the other thing that we can learn from David is that David knows where to take this guilt. David knows where to take this grief for this broken relationship. David knows where to address his prayers. He addresses them to a God he knows to be gracious. He addresses them to a God he knows who will not forsake him, who will not give up on him. He sees that everyone else seems to have given up on him. His friends are avoiding him. His neighbors are crossing to the other side of the street. Those who he's done only good to now are now repaying him him with evil. And I think one of the reasons for that is when David is low, they don't see that David can give them back anything good. And that's the test of a true friendship is, are they in fact friends and faithful companions because of love for him, or are they just trying to get something back? And in this case, some of the people that David knows are no longer his friends when he is in ruin. Not friends at all. He's got traps being set for him. He feels like he's in ruin. He's mute and cannot speak, which I completely understand this week. But he waits for God. He puts his trust in God. And he repents. He doesn't just feel bad about what he's doing, but he is calling out to God because he wants to change. It is my thorough belief that God cares more about your future than your past. But he does want us to leave some of those things in our past in our past and to move on towards him and the direction that he leads us. God doesn't want us to dwell in guilt, but he does want us to use that guilt to get us to change to change our perceptions, and to return to him. There's a reason why we have guilt, just as there's a reason why when you stub your toe it hurts. That hurt tells you not to do that again. That guilt tells you to change your ways. I pray this week that you and I won't just be guilty, won't just keep doing the same things over and over again that hurt God, but will turn around, will repent, and return to him. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send, feel free to send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.